What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. <laughs> it's been a while since we since we've done an episode, but it's because we are prepping for our live show this week. Yeah, and um, we had a crazy experience of doing stand-up comedy. Uh, our first ever stand-up yeah. comedy individual sessions for the first time last Saturday. And uh, I mean, it's quite unfortunate we didn't plug it, la, but, but yeah. what, what was it about? Eh? I mean, it was an open mic uh, session uh, that has been organized by Fakafaz, uh, one of the biggest comedians in Singapore. So props to him for trying to get the comedy scene going. Yeah. Um, and when we knew we had the live show coming up this week, um, we we just asked him, hey, bro, uh, can is there a slot for Terence and I to test out our material first before going live this Thursday? And he very graciously gave us a slot each for five minutes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Terence, what was your overall thoughts if you could sum up the experience? I think at one point in my life, I told my friend that I think stand-up comedy is easy. Like, like you just go on stage and you just say funny shit and everyone just laughs. It's, it's much easier than writing a script or something mm-hmm. like that. But now, now I, I really swallow my words. I take it back. Say, apologize to that friend. Uh, it, it really is its own art form that mm. requires a certain level of uh, understanding a crowd. You know, performance, just self awareness as well, right? Mm. Yeah, and 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 uh, you just learn so much about presentation skills in one just doing a five minute set like that. How about you? What do you what do you learn? Presentation presentation skills. I have a corporate presentation like that. No, 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 but really, really. <laughs> I mean, just uh, owning a crowd and owning yeah. the room and, or, or even a table of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Just how to tell a story to keep them like from like looking at the food or anything mm, like that. Because mm. like. it was a, a room of 20 people who were there for comedy, right? Yeah. But it was still a small group. And yeah, if you've ever thought that, hey, you crack jokes in front of your friends at dinner, everyone laughs, oh, fucking can do stand-up comedy. Fuck no, man. Yeah. Holy shit. It's just, I mean, like because we are in, in comedy, we we do watch stand-up comedy. We know stand-up comedians, but and I've always respected them. But now after doing it, five minutes and, you know, some of my jokes didn't land. Some people, oh. and then people laughed at places where there weren't meant to be laughs. So I'm like, oh shit. But but yeah, like, it, was a, it was a big, big step for us uh, ahead of like uh, the upcoming show. Like. But yeah. do, you, do you foresee yourself doing more stand-up in future? Uh yeah I think I I really enjoyed the op- the opportunity and that's mm. why I think uh yeah I, I feel like we should have pro- properly plugged it like I think uh, Fuzz is mm. going to try and make this a regular thing yeah. as well yeah so we will we will push it next time we we uh have a chance to yeah. do it and and if I mean we might even get Fucker Fuzz on our podcast sometime soon uh he was the guest of our first ever podcast in 2018 yeah, when yeah. when this thing was still called a mushroom um M O F shroom but. Mm. But yeah, I mean, so so we will be performing this Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the National Library, the Drama Center Theater. Uh, the event is called A Dose of Comedy 2. Mm. Um, and you can get your tickets at the link in the description, guys. Yeah, so that, I guess that was our plug yeah. for the week. Uh, yeah. we, are, <laughs> we didn't give the intro of what we do on our podcast. Yes, exactly. But we don't have to because today is not one of those episodes again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is not. The normal plug would be, this is your weekly show with multiple episodes where we dissect the latest and hottest current affairs, serious and goofy, with a touch of what, Terrence? Touch of humor. Touch of humor. But again, today is not one of those episodes. Yeah, because today is part two of our Ask Me Anything, otherwise known as AMA episode, which we recorded a couple of episodes ago. A couple of episodes ago. If you're about to hit forward, uh, 
let me just tell you on Spotify, uh, let me just tell you that a lot of people actually have reached out to us and said they enjoyed the first episode mm. of the AMA. Uh, and and um, that's why we're we're doing a part two. So like yeah, right, yeah. So so give it a chance. Don't 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 go off just yet. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just just hang around for a bit, uh. But you know, if you were thinking of going off, maybe maybe just go. Okay. I don't I don't want people who are fifty percent interested and staying only because we asked you to stay. Actually, I'm kidding. Uh, please stay. Please stay. <laughs> please stay. But yes. So the last time we we answered like half half the questions, and now yeah. this episode we're gonna try and finish the other half. Yes. And it starts off with a question from Michael Slowbender. So these questions are all on our Yalabad subreddit. Mm. Uh, there's a thread we specifically put out for the Amma episode. Um, so if you want, if you have other questions, just put it down. Maybe in a few weeks, in a few months, we will do another AMA. But until then, we have this question that goes, Hey guys, I've been a huge fan of Ministry of Funny since the YouTube days. So I'm really glad to have found your podcast. Here are my questions. Five questions. Number one. How did you come up with the name Ministry of Funny? Mm, um, I think when we started, we were a collective of friends, right? Mm. And then I think uh, we just just came up with a few different names and we just asked everyone which one your thing is funny. And uh, yeah, this one seemed to be the, the most popular one. You mean there were other names? Eh? I think there were a couple other options we were trying Ministry of uh, other things or so. But this was before before... Before even the first YouTube video, like, right? Yeah, yeah, before before the first YouTube video. I think I think the crux of it was we wanted to make fun of the government, like, right? Yeah. Uh no 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 <laughs> no 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 no. It's not about yes. making fun of the government. It's mm. uh we're all we're we're all very old, we're boomers, so we remember mm. Ministry of Sound, you know? Remember <laughs> Ministry of Sound, the club that yeah. used to to be around there from the UK. Yeah. So Ministry of something sounded very cool. Like. And I mean Singapore, I think when we were abroad, you know, like just uh, explaining how the Singapore Parliament or government is structured, there are a lot of ministries in Singapore, la, mm-hmm. right? And and in the US, you don't really hear it. In the UK, I assume there are because we probably took it from them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, so that was how we came up with the name. Yes, cool. Next question: East Side or West Side, and why? For me, East Side, la, because I grew up in the Far East, Tampines. Now I'm still in the East, um, and I think. It's, the only reason I'm a Eastie is because I don't think I've seen enough of the West. Yeah. Uh, yeah, correct. And broadly, I'm a, I would say East side also. La. I mean, I, I'm, I, I've lived mostly in Central uh, my in my life, but but just the vibe of the East side is much more chill. Mm. There's the beach and there's the airport and everything. So all the feelings that I get from the East side are about like, you know, chilling out or going on a holiday and things like that. La. Whereas the West side... It reminds you a bit of like when you, yeah, you know, you go to New York and LA, the difference. Mm. West side, you need a car and all that to get around. And a time lot. slows down. Right? Yeah, the buildings are so far time apart. Time slows right? down. Then when they say, oh yeah, the MRT <laughs> is just one street away. Wow, it's one, it's one big box street away. You walk across the whole of big box. Huh? And and I, I guess maybe everyone, I mean, there are people who might not know the West, but there will be, Everyone has experienced or a lot of people have experienced the East at some point because as you pointed out, the airport is there. Yeah. So right. if you have flown off, you have been to the East. Yeah. If you've gone to BMT uh, at uh, Takong, you've been to the East. Mm. Yeah, but the only time you go to the West is... Unless you go to Waslinga. Mm, to Asa, and Malaysia. Like, yeah. yeah, Malaysia. I guess Malaysia. for some people, yeah, the West has, has memories like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just happens for us, no lah, yeah. Yeah. Alright, and the next question, where is your favourite place in Singapore? Wow. Interesting question. <laughs> yeah. Where's yours, eh? Uh, I mean, okay, except home, right? Obviously, home is uh, 
It's a, it's a, home is where the heart a, is. Home is one of those like people want to punch you kind of answers. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I don't. Know, you, I don't. Know, you go ahead first. I haven't thought. Um, I think there there's this one stretch um before Changi Coastal Road, in between Changi Coastal Road and Changi Village, where there's this one pathway that I remember the first time I went there. It almost felt like I wasn't in Singapore mm. because the plants are almost kind of like the the needle like plants where you would imagine oh I'm in autumn in somewhere uh, somewhere abroad and we actually used that in a video that we made where we faked traveling around the world mm-hmm. and I think that is one one of the places like whenever I go to I'm like fuck this is awesome I know Changi Coastal Road has changed mm-hmm. I know the new airport has pushed some boundaries yeah. um, so I don't know whether it's still there but that comes to mind uh, okay okay uh, I think for, for me it would be Sentosa mm. uh, broadly speaking Sentosa is of course, Beach Club is it Actually, I was going to say Tanjong Beach specifically, uh, but not the club. Uh, like, there's space beside Tanjong Beach Club. Uh, uh, before COVID and everything, you, it was actually very easy to go there with your dogs and just hang out. And so, I've, I've back then when I was, you know, still like going out with a lot of my dogs and all, we would go to the beach like every month or something mm-hmm. and just like, and early in the morning at seven in the morning and just let the dogs run. And it was a pretty awesome time. Uh. It really reminds me of a time from pre-COVID. And even pre being a dad and everything that you know, you just very liberally could do that and and you know, just hang out on a beach and realize that yeah, living in a tropical country has its perks as well. Mm. And yeah. I think I I I have to agree with the niceness of Tanjung Beach because I I mean when I hear Tanjung Beach Club, I'm not gonna lie like something in me is like bleh, yeah. you know. But uh, of all the beaches in Sentosa, yeah, that area towards the opposite end of Tanjung Beach Club is actually super nice. Yeah. Um, right. And I, I have... And we filmed there before as well, right? We filmed there. What did we film? Huh? We filmed She's a Terrorist and I Love Her. Like, you know, oh, yeah. There was a couple... Fuck. There's a key scene in the pilot that that the terrorist comes out from the water and we yeah. actually filmed at Tanjung Beach itself. And that was also making fun of Tanjung Beach. Tanjung <laughs> Beach Club, Tanjung <laughs> Beach Club. <laughs> yeah, this is, we have a lot of, I, I think I have a lot of good memories of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, so that, that's a favorite place. Okay, what's your most memorable interaction with a fan? Oh, oh I think this one, you probably have more, have mm. more uh, stories. I think the one that comes to mind is... Uh, there was once this girl who just started crying. Mm. I mean, we're crying in a good way, okay? When I said that, no, I, I went to watch a performance with my friends at I think Sota or something, and I came out. She saw me, um, and then I think she's. It was it was a it was the kind of excited you, kind of cry. Are you sure she was crying about you? Or no, because after from... that she asked to take a selfie. Like uh, her, yeah, yeah, her friend maybe, asked. Herself. Maybe she just broke up with her boyfriend or something. Then I mean, she wasn't like uh, she was a young teenager, I guess. Uh. Yeah, so okay. so I don't think that kind of like older person. Uh, so there's one that comes to mind. It's memorable. La. And after that, she took a selfie. Uh, so I I don't think it's because I creeped out or anything or I was doing anything creepy or anything bad. La. So that was your f- best fan No, they say most memorable. Most memorable. Oh. Most memorable. That, yeah, that comes to mind. Uh, the, the one I have that comes to mind is the one you told me about. I live, I live vicariously through Harish, as you can tell. Which one? The one you told me where after one of our live shows... A listener came up to us and and said, um, a listener came up to us and mentioned that, uh, yeah, listening to Yala Bhatt really helped this particular listener get over. Uh, I think I think there was a death in the family or something, and 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 they they felt lost and and they just really needed comedy and humor in their life. And then um, it just happens Yala Bhatt was there, like, You know, two times, three times a week, 
And uh, apparently we gave this particular listener a lot of uh, a lot of uh, comfort during that period. And I wasn't even there because I had retreated backstage already. <laughs> I thought like nobody was there to watch us at all. When Harish told me about it, I was like, oh shit, like that, that makes me feel like, you know, like our podcast is really, maybe that's what we were meant to do, like, you know, as opposed to running around picking up girls in school uniforms and all that. Like. <laughs> Fuck, so now you make my memorable interactions sound so, so, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the that's the it's thing. Like, fan. I, people don't recognize me as much because I'm not in front of camera so mm. much, right? So that's true, lah. That's yeah. true. But now, now, yeah, la, Okay, and and I do remember that interaction. And hopefully, you're you're still listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, to the girl who cried when she saw me and cried in anticipation <laughs> and excitement, might I add? I also hope you're listening to the podcast. Uh. Um. Okay. What's what's one quality you really admire about each other? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I think I said it in the during the studio podcast. Mm. I say, uh, I think Harish, one amazing thing he's always uh super gung ho to get his hands dirty and to do to do shit lah. So it's a, so you know it's it's a quality that that you find in younger people that is uh you know like oh they're like willing to you know start from zero, learn something from from scratch and everything. But as you get older, it's actually really hard to to keep up that kind of that level of energy or that level of uh, uh, curiosity, uh, so to speak, or, or even a, maybe some level of humility as well, to to be able to do that. So I think that in that aspect, it is um, something quite admirable. Uh, mm. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. So so you couldn't think of something new, is it, to say apart from no? The, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, mean, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate I, that. No, I really <laughs> think about this. As in, uh. I know I shit on the Subaru challenge. I shit on. Uh, a lot of uh, your habits about like Excel <laughs> spreadsheets or like you know stickler for being on time and all that kind of thing. I share a lot of that. In fact, we just had a, a just argument, had argument before this about this that. morning. Yeah, but I share it. But at the same time, I totally understand where it's coming from, and I totally see how it can also be a very good quality, lah. And like like the Subaru challenge thing, although yeah, it is it was completely pointless. You know, you're doing it for <laughs> material goods, and I hate I hate that aspect of it, but. The fact that you know you even participate in it and went in with the aim to win and not just to participate, that that is like and you did it for how many years straight, right? In three. three years. <laughs> that is, I mean, it takes a level of like you either hate your life or something like that to to, to do it. <laughs> That's why I find that a lot of people will not be able to do it because you know they they're, mm. they're too comfortable with what they have or they're not willing to subject themselves to that kind of pain, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Subaru challenge came up again, uh. <laughs> It's much so I'm trying to put it out there that as much yeah. as I laugh about it, uh, I also um, okay. You know, would I do that in that same situation? Probably not, lah. Okay, know? thank you. I really appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. Um, so on on my end, I think one thing that I don't know if I've said this to you before, but uh, I think I personally can be quite volatile uh, yes, in yes. terms of pessimistic, optimistic, yes. or like angry or not angry and all. That. And I think Terence uh, has a very calming presence. Yes. Yeah, and and I and I don't have, have I told you this before? No, right? No, I mean, we we've discussed it before. Yeah, we discussed it before. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I think it's super fucking important because when I'm optimistic, I feel like I change the world. Yes. Um, and like, but, yeah, you know, but when you're pessimistic, yeah, uh, I'm like, I'm a, I can be a downer la. I won't yes, deny that I yes. can be a downer. I'm like, hey, really? Uh, why you want to do this? I don't think yeah. can. I don't think can. So so I think that's 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 something I appreciate about Terence because whenever I'm down, like you do you do help me kind of like 
okay, it's not that bad. You know, mm. we can just just keep doing it, we can do this. But when I'm when I'm also too excited about stuff, oh do this, oh do this, I think you you also kind of like uh manage, help me manage my energy and yeah, all that. Yeah. Um of course it results in some some tension. Sometimes I'm like, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? But I, I really appreciate the balance. Yeah. Uh. No, people ask us about that, what? about the tension in mm. working cre- especially creatively. Mm. So I think creatively when you put yourself out there, uh it's is very hard. So you mm. you you rarely hear of, you know, creative uh people working in groups. And that's why when you when you hear of it actually it's really quite fascinating how it how it works. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I do I do so so you see the 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 things that we we're talking about admiring about each other, right? They sort of they're complementary, mm, right? Mm, mm. Like I'm not the one that I, I'm the type that takes a lot of I need a lot of activation energy to get moving if even if I'm excited about something. Mm. Whereas you're the type that immediately you're you already like I want to go and do it next week already mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, like hey, no, no, you know. So it brings us to a a bit more of a balance kind of thing where we're like, okay, let's let's go at it. Uh, I, for me, it's like let's go at it long term, and but we got to manage our energy. Yours is like no, no, no. Let's let's keep pushing at it. Mm-hmm. So at least there's forward momentum overall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the important thing. Yeah, and and I think yeah, like it it's helpful because if both of us were one of the same. I think it'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fucking hard. So like when people say, you know, like what I was thinking last time about the wacky or the and the stoic between the, me and you. Yeah, you that you seem like the wacky one. Then Terence is like the straight talker. Yeah, I think kind of personality talk. wise, also there's truth to that. Like. I'm definitely volatile. Like. I'm definitely volatile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a bad uh, thing. Not a bad thing. You, uh, people say it's passionate, and people can also say that I'm very uh dispassionate or distant about it, but. I also feel very strongly about things, but mm. you know, I like to, you know, like like try to root it in, in a, a bigger context, uh, and then mm. and then make decisions from there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you for the questions, Michael Slowbender. All right. Next question from Iced Earl Grey Latte. Oh, this is a new. This is a long time listener. Yeah, so. long time listener. Yeah. How do you think podcasting scene is going to go in Singapore? Seems like it has been pretty rapid local growth in the last year or so though they mostly sit down and chat types and less investigative or topic-driven types like Saga. Mm. What do you think? Eh? Um, I, th- I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of talking uh, people who do podcasts because they you know, they want to reach their own audience and, and yeah, they're more talking, ch- conversational kind of podcasts. Uh, but even Sudhir, like, he just posted over the weekend about mm. our podcast. He said that he doesn't believe in long-form podcasts mm. where people just talk like this. Like, and and our experience also was that we at first we never believed that we would be able to do just us sitting down and talking and making it interesting, um, but uh, we have managed to make it work. La. So I think there's a space for that, uh, and there's going you're going to see more of those coming up. But uh, it's going to work for some people. It's not going to work for some people. I, I can't give a better answer than that because sometimes it's just very mm. subjective. For the saga and the you know those written kind of podcasts. Uh, they are going to happen, but I believe it will still take at least a couple of years before people actually even, uh, before the masses even try this kind of entertainment. Uh. Mm. We're quite far behind in that aspect. Uh. Yeah. I think I think for me, it's almost like um, a sequential thing. Like the investigative and topic-driven types, they require a lot of mm. uh, resources, a lot mm. of writing. And and I mean, as much as our podcast is is conversational, we do a lot of research beforehand. But even then, it is uh, based on current affairs, lah, right? Mm. If you want to do a topic driven or investigative, you have to spend time. You need to get good people to spend time, which 
I mean, you're, it's going to be tough to find people to do it for free, lah, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's when the the general landscape of podcasts has evolved to a point where people are funding podcasts, be it brands, mm. be it networks, be it Spotify, more local podcasts, then you would see that. So I think there's definitely a demand and a potential supply for it, but it will be an evolutionary process. Like, like, so if you look at YouTube also, mm. from 2011, 2012, at first it was people vlogging in front of their cameras. Mm. But then eventually, now they are like movies that are released on, on YouTube. Like. Yeah. But I think in general, I'm super excited about it because I think there's so much potential. And, and but and the but the uncertainty of it also kind of scares me. Like they just uh. recently tweaked the algorithm for podcast char- charts on Spotify, on la. Spotify, and uh, I mean, yeah Yella but has plunged. We've tumbled down. We've tumbled down <laughs> from our top twenty position that we maintained for quite a while already. Yeah, right? yeah. To now we're somewhere where fifty something. Yeah, I think the past week we've only uploaded one episode. I think so that one yeah. probably factors in. But the things we don't know what we don't know what what factors into this podcast charts either. Yeah. And then if you imagine you just wake up one day and then your your wife or your girlfriend just tell you, you're terrible today. You are the worst person in the world. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And then tomorrow you're like, oh, you're the best. And then then someone like, got a live show coming up tomorrow. You're yeah, like, you're yeah. terrible, terrible. You're terrible. Then you're yeah. like, how, you know how that deals with your ego? Even though you know that maybe it's like, it comes from a place where the you know they they also don't know what they're talking about no, and the biggest thing is like we don't even know what what is powering the algorithm because the number two on the charts now is the MediaCorp Chinese radio show or yeah, something yeah. and they upload one minute clips yeah and they're number two on the Spotify podcast chart so so I think yeah what you're getting at is quite true in the sense that ultimately the podcast landscape the beauty the nice thing now is that it's very fractured you know you can upload your podcast here you can listen through Apple you can listen through Spotify but once these companies get more and more market share, right? Like Spotify is becoming scarily powerful. If they tweak something, right, they can literally fuck over a bunch of podcasters. Like. So that is the scary part, like, which we have seen on YouTube, yeah. which we have seen on Facebook. Like. Yeah. So that's why we are super appreciative of this community and all you listeners because I think starting a podcast now would be... I mean, now it feels like the platform is already making things a little less level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and and this and Reddit, our subreddit is a constant. La. At least yeah, we know yeah. that there's these people who constantly listen to our show. Yeah. Whereas like if we went from top twenty to suddenly top fifty overnight, yeah. I'd be like, oh the fuck. Discovery, did we, yeah. yeah, did we just lose like two two hundred yeah, listeners yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Fucks, yeah. So but yeah, we're still gonna keep cranking this up because we do believe in it. And that's also the reason why we launch something like Folklory. Because mm. the audio space is so powerful. Um, I mean, just to just a side plug, the the response to Folklory has been pretty damn awesome, and and yeah, we're gonna be probably doing another call for sales in the next few weeks. But now we are working through the ones that that to the for the people who have already responded lah. Cool. All right. the The next question is from Jun Ron J U I N R O N. What do you plan to do after retiring? Wow. What um, fuck is even retiring mean these days, man? Yeah, I can't. Even, I I don't even think I can. I'm. I can afford to think that far yet. Uh. Do you Do you ever foresee yourself like at a certain point? You know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna do any more uh, work stuff. I'm just gonna do what I love. No, but that's the thing. I I mean, I genuinely really enjoy what I'm doing for mm. so called work. Mm. Of course, there's there's off days and there are times when you have disappointments or people fuck you over and things like that. But mm. I enjoy it so much that not not saying I'll do it for free, but I can't see myself not like trying to do something at some point in my life. Like, even yeah. if it's just making videos of my 
my family or my dogs or anything like that. It's just uh, the creative outlet is just too too strong already. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people out there, like, I mean, even for the people listening now, if you want to let us know on Reddit, that would be great because I, I don't know how many people out there still have this picture in their mind where at a certain point, okay, this is assuming that the the circumstances allow them to uh are not forcing them to carry on working now because yeah. there are people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you had a choice, do you still for like see yourself sixty five and then boom, I'm gonna go live on an island or something? Yeah. Because I cannot imagine that. Yeah. I totally cannot imagine that because uh yeah, there's there's stuff like I've, I'm very thankful for discovering I love to do and what what what's what tickles my loins. Um, and I want to be able to keep doing that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And isn't there the research that a lot of people, um, I mean, obviously there are like prodigies that peak, you know, in their mm. teens or their 20s, and mm. then everything they create is fantastic from there on. But there are those that also, they slog at it their whole lives, and then suddenly in their 50s, 60s, or even 70s, uh, they suddenly hit a creative peak and like all the best work they ever produced in their life I is think, produced. I think then. Morgan Freeman is an example of that, right? He peaked like 40s or something. Like he suddenly got his break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even, that, that, but that's about getting a break. But I'm talking about like uh, like composers oh. and, and you know, people who create sh- shit, like, you know? Mm. Like a lot of, there's two peaks. Uh. Some of them peak very early on in their 20s and then there are those that they just build over time and then they peak in their 40s and 50s maybe mm. when they are less encumbered with worldly pursuits uh, so to speak mm. so, so I, my, my always my biggest fear always is that you know, like if you give up so early then you also yeah like you lose maybe what might have been your most productive years uh. mm. my biggest fear is that I peaked in JC <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> then, 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 I mean yeah, yeah peaked in JC yeah. peaked in uni and then after that it's like whoa what is say, going on don't even say JC maybe our <laughs> Maybe a screen right, uniform, school, screen uniform school. pickup video. Screen yeah. uniform pickup video was our peak. Really. This is what <laughs> was our peak, man. 250,000 views in one week yeah. at a time when that was like fucking massive. La. Then I remember calling her. I was just like, hey, what banana message us, eh? Yeah, Whoa. that's why I want out, eh? banana message hey, NOC oh. commented, yeah? yeah? Oh my God, wow. Yeah, the three potatoes also said it's damn funny. Eh? Yeah. Oh. Maybe that was the peak. Right? Yeah, that was the peak. <laughs> uh. That was the peak. <laughs> okay, yeah. But. Cool. The next question from that tragedy. What's the situation for MOF? There are three questions. First question, what's the situation for MOF? Oh, you mean like the YouTube channel? Mm. Uh, I mean, it's still there. You can find our videos there. Uh, you'll find basically any video or TV or film related stuff that we do will still be discussed and promoted mm. through there. Uh, it's just that now the projects we work on now, are a lot of them are bigger projects that take longer yeah. to to actually come to fruition. So uh, you won't see as much. I mean, but the short form videos, I guess they're asking about our short form videos. Yeah, la, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, short form videos, I think like right now, yeah, like what, like with this podcasting thing, we are really putting in as much as we can behind this uh, with Folklory and with this longer form projects, like the two TV shows that we have that uh, one is out, one is in post-production. We have an audio pilot. Uh, with Audible coming out. So it is these these projects. And I mean, even personally, I, I feel a lot more excitement creating bigger projects than I do shorter form videos, to be honest. But there are there's there is always an itch to create something like it's just managing like, okay, what what can we do to the best of our abilities at this point in time? Mm, yeah, that's yeah. what I feel. And I think also like I mean I never want to be well, a channel where yeah, like it's just ten years down the road still doing the same format. 
I know. Huh? Who does that? I know. Who does that? Come on. <laughs> I know. Some, who does the same thing after talking, 10 years? Oh, we were talking to someone about this on another podcast. I think I think for me, yeah. it's just that yeah, I think it's very important that given that this industry is not the easiest, you need to be excited about what you're doing. And yeah. right now, the stuff I'm excited about doing is, yeah, podcast, the longer form stuff, folklore. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I take that back. I don't, I'm not mocking people who who are still doing similar things on YouTube. Mm after so long it means it works and maybe every day there's a new person born you know to watch their videos mm. and everything like um and, and if it works it's stupid to walk away from it mm. also right mm. so but for us i think we always saw our youtube as a experimental playground mm. as well where we yeah. tried a lot of different formats and we tried a lot of different the- themes and things and and then but over time we figured out for ourselves what we really enjoy doing and what we maybe enjoy doing less la. and mm. so Definitely, like you see, vlogging never became a thing for us. We never like, oh, this is our personal lives and this is our, my family, my baby and stuff like that. Mm. So so you will never see us do that. But, but you know, like we're still writing out funny stuff with, you know, like like we mentioned, we're trying out stand-up comedy mm. and all these things. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so so I, I hope our YouTube can remain as an experimental place for us as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be, it's, it's not going to be like, oh, never going to upload an episode. Who knows, man? We might do a re- release a web series. There's mm. a lot of fun to be had and yes. we are exploring. La. Yes. Okay, did you guys date while studying overseas? <laughs> if yes, are they better than SG girls? What the... What, oh, this is a landmine. Well, but, eh. Yeah. So how? Uh, yeah, la, I mean, obviously we dated. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I did date while overseas. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. La. Yeah. So what... Okay, well, can we just clarify the parameters of what we're talking about? Uh, Like... like just, I mean, just going on dates and all that, like, mm. right? Mm. Don't need to talk about all the the, the hanky panky or whatever kind of stuff, like. Yeah, you mean where we sit down, you know, talk about life, and then go back home and yeah. like, have hot milk, like, right? Yeah, go out for coffee. Yeah, go out for coffee. <laughs> I think so. I was never in a long term relationship abroad, but yeah, like, uh, did date. Uh, hard to say whether better than SG girls because now what is a SG girl? Mm. In Singapore, you get girls of all types. Mm. Um. I would say if someone maybe like uh, you also find people in the US uh, who are have a haven't traveled much and like have very conservative mindsets. So hard to say whether they are better than SG girls. Of course, some of them were fucking amazing, but also in Singapore they are fucking amazing girls. Um, but some of them were assholes, and Singapore you get assholes lah. Yeah, I mean, I I I can't say I have a lot of experience dating. Uh foreign foreigners or anything like that. But but I do find Singaporeans seem to get along quite well naturally with Germans. Is it? For some reason, yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. But but at the same time, it's because I think when you are studying overseas, mm. you tend to take on a more international mindset in terms of uh, seeing the world. Mm. And that's the same for other people who go overseas to study as well. And mm. then when you're all in the same place together, uh, you think much less about, oh, you know, like Singaporeans are so unattractive because of our accent and and, and or because we are like we are so small minded and stuff like that. Like, and you really focus more on the similarities between you and the other person, mm. like living in the city or you know like enjoying art or things like mm. that. Mm. So, uh, in some sense, it's quite uh, yeah. Like, you you do get a 
when you're dating overseas, it's more of a, you get a, maybe you're not so worried about things that you worry about in Singapore, like mm. what will your parents think or what will your friends think. Just let go. Yeah, oh, let go, yeah. You know, your go. personality run run free and everything already. You know? Yeah. And you you can be, t- tonight you're Bruce Wayne, tomorrow you are fucking Batman <laughs> and shit. La. Yeah. I don't know what kind of stuff you did in your, your free time, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. No, I, I'm just saying like, you are, <laughs> when the, the cool thing about being overseas is that you feel anonymous again. Mm. Whereas in Singapore, you feel like, you went to this school, you yeah, stay in this yeah, place, yeah. you take an MRT here, you know, kind of thing. preconceived notions. Yeah, there's a lot of preconceived notions about you. The moment you meet a person, oh, what job you do, you know, how much you earn, where you stay, what car you drive. Whereas when you're overseas, everyone is sort of like, oh, you know, I came from I came mm. from Singapore or I came from Lebanon or whatever. And then and you live in a dorm. La. Yeah, you live in a dorm. Yeah. Or, you know, when I was working in New York, so you just, yeah, you just live mm. somewhere and all that. La. So, Actually, yeah, that's yeah. true. Because I only studied abroad so I, I, if I, if I study two years in Singapore, two years in the US, then I think I'll be able to more objectively answer. Yeah, hey, girls at that age, how are they different? Yeah. But I don't know. When you're a student, you live in a dorm, just get drunk, go back yeah. home. Like it's just a lot more simple. Yeah, and you life. see a lot of Singaporeans rewrite their their CVs, right? Somewhat when they go overseas, mm. like they suddenly have a very cool, like they have a Chinese name at first. It's very oh, uncool. Then it's yeah. then they go overseas. Then they're like, oh, my name is Z. Or yeah, like collapse Z. it down to one yeah. alphabet. And like they have an accent like overnight and then suddenly they're all hanging out with, only with like non-Singaporeans and, and they actively avoid hanging out with Singaporeans like, if anything. And then they change the way they talk. Oh, I'm from Singapore. Where, yeah. where, where are you from? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, you, I mean, so so that's the the fun part about being overseas mm. is that you can really uh, be someone else, like, right? Mm. But the one thing I I really tried my best when I went abroad was not to put on an accent. Yeah. Because yeah. fucking, I used to fucking hate when you get people from all around the world with like accents and they speak shit English, but everyone's like, oh my god, that's so cool. Oh, he's Latino. Oh my god. And I was like, I look at the Singaporean people who change accents. Yeah. I'm like, hey, fuck like, Why why are we changing for them to? To, to make it easier for them to uh, understand us. La. I mean, I still enunciated better. Yeah. And I will say that for the first three months, some of my closest friends told me they really couldn't understand what I would what I was saying when I would go into their room and, correct, and just start correct. talking. But then towards the end, uh, yeah, I could I could talk like this and they would still understand me. And yeah. I fucking was so proud of that. Then what's up with the omelette thing? Omelette, that one. <laughs> no, so omelette is like how... So like the reason why I didn't want to change the Singaporean accent is because I grew up with a Singaporean accent. So I'm like, fuck <laughs> you all. So omelette, I grew up, I grew up with the omelette. I grew up with the omelette and that's that's my family tradition, okay? Oh, okay, okay? Yeah, it's my family tradition. You come into my house, you have an omelette. You want yeah. an omelette? Yeah. You go to another <laughs> house. Yeah. <laughs> but but AJ, I think he Harish makes a damn good point. Uh, to communicate with international people, you don't need to have an accent. Just mm. enunciate, speak slower. Yeah. And enunciate. The problem is that Singaporeans, we swallow our words yeah. and we join them too quickly together. So just enunciate and speak slower, and nobody will think you're an idiot, lah. Yeah. Right? And I guess now I'm hoping the situation is different because with with everyone being a little more connected than they were 10, 11 years ago, hopefully people are. How you say not like wow when they hear an accent they're like what the fuck yeah well, what is this correct correct so yeah. yeah all right then the next question who would win in a fight Terrence or Harish wow. so this is assuming it's a physical fight lah let's make it MMA rules ah like cannot, yeah cannot hit back of the head yeah cannot knee a person while he's like uh you know down the ground yeah things like that hmm I mean I will say okay so previously when I was young I used to think I can I can take on anyone like you know size doesn't matter but now once you get older you realise okay lah size and physics do matter mm. right and Terence is bigger and heavier than me mm. um, so I think if it's MMA rules I, I would say yeah uh, I think it's going to be very hard for me to win mm. but I would say that 
I will fucking cause some damage to you lah because yeah. I don't think I will give up. Yeah, he won't give up and you'll go for the limbs lah probably which is uh, for, for bigger people is very sensitive. Why, why would you say I go for the limbs? Like or wrestling or jiu-jitsu, uh, uh. that kind of thing. That's, that's where you overcome uh, size differences, right? Yeah. Like, because I mean, boxing all that is, is at the end of the day is really down mm. to size also, right? Mm. You know, but and your reach and all that. Yeah, jiu-jitsu and all that is, is very different. So, yeah, I got very weak limbs. I mean, if people <laughs> are, are willing to pay like 100 bucks a, a pop, we might do a live fight, thriller, right? A thriller, thriller, yeah. Hey, we will take on Jake Paul man, yeah. anytime, anytime. Hey, now Jake Paul, Ben Askren is nothing. It's fucking Logan Paul and yeah, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. What the fuck, man? I mean, my dream was always to... Holy shit. Yeah, my dream was always to see Tian Hao box somebody, whether it was Stephen Lim or something. No, that's like, a, yeah, like a YouTuber. Yeah, YouTube. yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, Stephen Lim... <laughs> he's, oh, wow, he's a he's, killer, man. Yeah, he's, he's, killer. A, he's a killer, man. Yeah, scary. Uh, Yeah, so, so yeah. But yeah, if, if someone was willing to a uh, charity or what, willing charity, to pay for white, you white to white collar boxing, yeah, for for you to fight someone, who you fight, who you choose to fight, ah, uh, who would I choose to fight? No, it has uh? to be in like in the YouTube or, or whatever space lah. Don't Ooh. say you want to fight like Lawrence Wong or something like that. Singapore like. YouTube, uh, Singapore yeah, like, YouTube, yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Noah Yap man, and you. Oh, yeah, I think that'll be fucking funny, <laughs> I man. I think it'd be quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, me and Noah also. Yap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be fun. Nah, that could yeah, be that fun. would be funny to watch. Huh? Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You? Me, uh, uh Wow. That's a tough one. Uh. I don't know, maybe uh well, I can't I can't think of anyone right now. Mm. I mean I got no real beef with anybody or anything like that. Mm. So maybe we, we should get into a fight. Uh. I will yeah, say yeah. that that even though like the chances of me winning is is tough because of physics and all, I think yeah, strategically Maybe there's something I could do. La. Mm. Uh, all I know is I won't go down easily. La. Yeah. Yeah, I that's won't go the, down. Yeah, that's the part. So, yeah, even... Every, every, it's a, a battle of attrition. La. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think it would be. So, it's yeah. still quite harmful for everyone involved. Yeah. But thanks for sowing the <laughs> thoughts in our mind. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> Next time, we got no gig or anything. We're like, hey, fight, la, fight, fight. <laughs> fight. Fight, live stream, stream fight. Yeah, live stream fight. <laughs> then after they do a each. podcast after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, speaking of the, the future of Yalabad, Stale Roti asks, what are you doing proactively to take Yalabad to the next level? How do you see the future of Yalabad? Um, I think you'll start seeing Yalabad on more different platforms soon. Mm. Where platforms, you mean like, like what? YouTube and TikTok. Because mm. yeah. mm. we are... We have heard your feedback about a lot of people saying, hey, why aren't you uploading videos and stuff like that? So we're actually uh, looking to it right now as yeah. we speak. Yeah. As we speak, like there yeah. are cameras rolling, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, we, like, I, I do see uh, this Yalabad thing carrying on for a long time. And I mean, if if things uh, go a certain way, if we can kind of get um, like, uh, like a, 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 a team in or some sort to help with the production stuff, research, maybe... Um, we never want to lose the authenticity of having these sort of conversations. Mm. But there could be other shows. There could be yeah other platforms like what Terrence said, other content formats. It could spin out into uh, a TV show, for mm. example. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who knows? And But yeah, we, we do listen to what you guys say. And next step is video. Yeah, so yeah, different platforms. So you will be able to engage and share and, and do more things for Yalab- with Yalabad. Mm. Oh, merch as well. Merch oh, as yeah. well. We had a very exciting meeting last week. With yeah, exactly. Potential merch. Uh, and, and like that, that actually has a real impact on your life. La. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And we, if things pan out, which yeah, like they quite likely they will, we would involve you guys as well. 
Yep, yep, so yep, stay yep. tuned. All right. Big Sloth Boy. Uh, three questions. Funniest moment on set. Mm. Mm. Do you have one? Thinking. Mm. Mm. Oh, I, I think I have I have one right what? now. Uh, just the the recent Chinese web series we did. Mm. There's one particular scene where our producer, or at least our, our she's the terrorist producer, Jordan, was playing an extra. Mm. And it was a party scene and he was just sitting in the corner. It, during a, it was a party scene where he was just sitting in the corner. So he was already, he already looked like, you know, the big loser already. Mm. Mm. And he's an extra in the background. And then I think there's this point where Noah... Uh, he's acting drunk and he takes a cup and just like drinks from it and then flings the cup behind him mm. and just by magic the cup actually hits Jordan square in the face uh. and we have it on, on and we have recorded yeah. it and it will be in the show so it's one of the most like iconic I mean not, not iconic it's just one of the funniest sequences and we just continue filming like even though it was like it was like such a shock to everyone you know that, that the, the, the cup hit him, hit him in the face mm. so, so that was like like it just Everyone just like was just holding it for the until the, uh, until someone shot the cut la. <laughs> mm. I think for me, funniest moment on set. Uh, I think I remember uh, when we did oh, yeah, the, this. We, oh yeah, we're talking only about Ministry of Funny Productions. Are oh, you talking about like in general? No, or? no, yeah, Ministry of Funny. Oh, okay, okay. I I know when we did the Nas Daily parody, uh, video where we got uh, our friends from the Singapore Pro Wrestling who were like jacked as, as guys, uh, jacked people. And you know, they're always about, yeah, you know, bah! and then we met at Scape, you know, we were going to film at Orchard Road. Um, and the thing, if you watch the video, which uh, we will put the link in the show notes, um, it involves a bunch of them wearing pam- uh, diapers, uh, adult diapers on the street running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, these, these guys, they're all awesome guys, very like, like jacked and all, and we met at Scape. But when it uh, and they put on the costume, and when it came time to to take off their clothes and wear just the diapers on Orchard Road, right? Yeah. Suddenly you could see, eh, hey, <laughs> it really, ah, uh, oh shit, why? Like these people are who have performed in their underwear in front of hundreds of people. They, I just, I was just fucking, it was like, and everyone was just laughing, like, hey bro, you you take off first, like, you take off first, hey, hey, quick, 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 quick. So they, they just like five uh dudes in adult diapers uh running along Orchard Road, right? Yeah. So I thought that 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 fucking sticks in my head, uh. And it was right opposite Abercrombie and Fitch as well. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, it's right, like, right. It's pretty That's funny. <laughs> okay, the next question from Big Sloth Boy. Detailed explanation on how you two met. How detailed? Uh? I mean, I think essentially when I went to uni yeah. first year, yeah. you didn't go for the orientation in Singapore, right? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I went on campus. Then there was a Club Singapore meeting. Yeah. And then I saw Terrence being part of the executive committee. Yeah, but I mean, when we say meeting, it was probably very casual. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. over a barbecue or something like that. Correct, 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 correct. Yeah. So it's not one of those, like, there's nothing spectacular about how we met or anything like that. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, oh, okay. hey, hello, hello, hello. Like, yeah. yeah. Then I think I got, I worked with Terrence because... Yeah, like freshman rap had to... Like there was supposed to be a freshman rap nominated yeah. by the freshman and I was nominated. So I used to join the committee for their meetings. And Club Singapore essentially... It's is a, is a super fun fun thing where they, the, the team organizes events to keep the Singaporeans in touch with each other and all. And that's when I started seeing Terrence more regularly. Yeah. Oh, actually, if you want more detail, mm. the fun thing is that uh, I think we all got involved in Club Singapore at a point when when it got exciting like, to mm. be in Club Singapore. Because mm. we, pre- previously, before before us, like all the Club Singapore activities were all barbecue here, barbecue there. Uh, but 
nothing, they didn't really do anything on campus. Mm. It wasn't like people were interested about what the Club Singapore is doing mm-hmm. in the in American University campus. Then it just happened that the year that we were both in the committee and all that, we we all decided collectively let's 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 do something big la. Let's let's like get the all the U.S. university the Singaporeans in the U.S. students studying in the U.S. to come together to want to come to our school and and engage in something la. So it just started like a small idea like that. And then we just started reaching out to people like uh. The ambassador Chan Heng Chi, mm, Colin Go, who was living in the US at that point, mm. uh, Alfian Syed, who you know was 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 uh, was happened to be in, in America at that point and just needed us to fly him to Philadelphia, uh, and a couple of other people, mm. Singaporeans who were living in the US, who were all very keen to 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 come la. and then somehow and then after that uh, we had some we also had a very talented uh, writer, director in our midst, uh, who is now one of Singapore's liter- literary scene geniuses, Joshua Yip. Mm. He was also one of our, uh, the Singaporeans there and he said, oh, I, I can put a musical together. Mm. And he really, he and his brother really wrote and and directed and produced a, a musical mm. about the Singaporean lives, uh, Singaporean life in universities overseas, mm. which was very well received. Um, yeah, and, 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 and from there on, um, the you know even the Singapore government like the office overseas noticed us and gave us funding and uh, it became like uh, every two years you know there will be this event called diaspora mm. like like the word play on diaspora and and where Singaporean students in the East Coast will all come to University of Pennsylvania for like a weekend la, to just celebrate being Singaporean and overseas mm. so uh, that was I think that was the the, the fun fact about so called about how we met and. It was almost like we were working on something very intense together, mm. uh, without knowing that later we would work together even on even more intense things. Yeah. La. <laughs> I'm glad you ended off that way because at first I was like, "Is Terence just talking about the thing that he started when he was Club Singapore president for three oh. minutes and blowing his own fucking trumpet?" <laughs> no, no, I'm not. And I always, I always remind everyone that for me it was easy because I was not a scholar, right? So I had no like. Uh, to me, it was just like, uh, yeah, you know, these people come, don't come, I don't care. But there were a lot of people working in a committee like yourself. Mm. Uh, yourself less 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 impacted. But there were people who were literally scholars for the Singapore government, right? Who oh, were, really? Yeah. They were afraid of like us inviting Francis Yao all, is it? Yeah, I mean, we're inviting exiles from Singapore to mm. come to speak alongside Chan Heng Chi, you know, mm. people who are revered. And oh, so there were some who were like, eh, should we? You, you saw Sudhir's face the last round when we told him Chan Heng Chi and Francis Xiao were in the same room yeah. at the same time, right? You know, that's the kind of fireworks that we were creating that in Singapore mm. you would never hear of, like, mm, you know? Mm. So to have, to have the liberty to do that and, and not have to worry about whether my scholarship officer get angry mm. and kind of thing, I think mm. it's a luxury. So I always, uh, yeah, I was always like, like, you know, the as much as like starting it and all that was important, but I think being able to see it through, especially when, you know, you know it could also impact your career or what, mm. I think that is like fucking brave, like, yeah. Mm. So I'm not blowing my own horn. Yeah. Ah, you're too late, you <laughs> blow so much already. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, so then, yeah, we, we worked, but even then, I think we have spoken before that when we came back to Singapore, it still took a while before MOF got started, like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. 2011. Yeah. But yes, okay, the final question from Big Sloth Boy is funny moments while filming out in public. Um, oh, in public, yeah. I mean, just now my moment was already in public. Uh, what were, Okay, so so normally when we were filming out in public, uh, I would be on the street, uh, wired up, and Terrence would be either behind the camera or kind of managing the whole shoot while our cinematographer's behind the camera. Mm. Um, 
So we both had very different experiences. Uh, what, like, when you were watching things unfold and me approach the people, were you ever like, what are some of the funny things that came, like, you remember? I mean, there are, because we did a lot of hidden camera stuff, mm. right? So hidden camera kind of setups are always quite exciting when you are behind the scenes watching everything go on. Uh. Um, I mean, the funniest things probably would be just the, what when you when you when you when you watch a hidden camera prank like work uh, like like for example our you know our racism against Caucasians mm. prank that was mm. in a cafe and when it when it works and it really works it's just a is I mean it's funny and it's just a, a thing of beauty la, and 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 like everyone's just struggling to not burst out in laughter while we're all like monitoring sound or mm. or holding a camera and all that and and. Yeah, it's all these. I can't identify one particular one, but all these moments are are funny, la. Mm. Yeah, and and they they really do. I always feel like they are always reflected in our videos, where where you even feel like the person behind the camera has to, has to have a big part in 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 keeping it all together, la, Because mm. we're we're trying to play a prank on people, la. Yeah. For me, funny moments. I always felt like very very nervous and tense when we're doing the on the street videos where I have to approach people, la. Yes. And even though we did a lot of them, I always had like, ah, oh, do I have to do this? Fuck! Yeah. Why? But but so I would say funny. Like I think it would be yeah when you are setting something up or you get a good reaction or a good yeah. line from someone. Wow, then it's fucking awesome. Uh, okay, awesome. okay. I would say I would say the the one when we dressed you up as a K-pop star. Mm. This guy's here as a K-pop star. And then went went down Orchard Road with a group of fans like following you and all. Uh. Mm. I think that was like just watching crowd reactions and even just some people just stopping to take a picture or what. That was funny itself. The whole that whole hour of just walking down the street yeah. was just funny. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen that video or anything and if you're just listening to us as Yalabad uh, and not Ministry of Funny, I'll put a link in the description um, to a video where, yeah, I wore a wig makeup and we had a ensemble of planted uh, security guards that walked around me in Orchard Road and fucking people came up to take photos it was insane man yeah yeah me as a K-pop star yeah so, so that, yeah. that was, those that was funny yeah. yeah okay cool next questions from Cranky Intern hi Harish and Terrence love you guys and everything that you have done for us and hardship hardship thank you you're welcome we love doing this uh, here are my questions number one who is the person you're most grateful to throughout your life Mm. Mm. I think at different stages uh, of life. Uh, hard to say one person. Um, but if you have to... If I have to put one person... Uh, speech now, uh, hmm. A few get out. Uh. You got one person. Uh. Uh, I mean, okay, then let's put some parameters to make uh, it easier. Uh. I think you need to come... Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, was, I, was, I was just telling Harish, then we put some parameters to make it easier. Uh. Uh, not family. Okay. Because uh, cause I think I think everyone, you know, you have to thank your parents or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. So let, let's just make it blanket, not family. That means not your girlfriend, not your wife, not your, uh, not your parents, not your mm, brother, whatever. Mm. Uh, so it's someone outside. La. Yeah. yeah. So so, so then, then that question, la, who are you most grateful to? Mm. I think actually grateful to you, Terrence. Huh? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, like one, definitely one off. Yeah. yeah. One off because... Uh, I think doing stuff like creative stuff or venturing out on your own is fucking scary one person. And having someone to do it with is uh, is great. Lah. Even though I know we've got differences. I don't know whether you're changing your answer now already. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
no, but, thing. No, but like... You know, any parameter that... Because we already just now said what's the most memorable thing already. Like, yeah. Okay, any parameter, not ourselves also. Chibai. Because it's... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's almost like you're working with somebody, obviously uh, you'll be grateful to them. Okay. More, right? So, okay, besides that. Chibai, now you know I'm grateful for you and I'll never know whether I'm grateful, you're grateful I to already, me. I already gave a damn good answer <laughs> on what the quality I admire the most. Really. Okay, okay. So, one... Okay, then I need you. You go first. I'm thinking. Um, I mean, uh, I think I think uh, I've had I've had you know a few good mentors, so to speak. Mm. Uh, one of one of them is the the fashion designer Lai Chan. Mm. I, I've 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 known him and worked with him for quite a long time, and uh, uh, yeah, always always I don't see him super often, but but I, every time I do talk to him and all he gives me pretty good advice and even my wedding and and you know and and things like that he was one of my best friends and you know we we don't look like the kind of people that would would actually be able to get along as friends and all that but but i think uh you know he's got a very big heart and and when we first met each other also in the work context he he saw that i, I was trying hard to you know come from a different industry to make it in 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 media and all that so so he was very uh, welcoming lah, and and taught me quite a bit as well lah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Actually, yeah. On on that note, I think the one person who kind of helped me realize a lot of things, uh, or opened my eyes a lot was the the current CEO of Scoot. Mm. Uh, he was the CEO when I joined. Then he went back to SA, and now he's CEO again. Campbell mm-hmm. Wilson lah. And the reason why it was so transformative was because I was two years into uh, my four-year born at Singapore Airlines. And I think I didn't really fit or resonate with the culture of Singapore Airlines. No disrespect to them. Um, but two years in, I found a way to kind of get myself onto the team uh, that started school. I was a ninth employee. But it was only because he saw my email uh, and decided to take a chance on me given I had no experience. And and the context I think is that SIE is a very is is a much is a very um like 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 a corporate big, yeah, yeah very corporate yeah. company so it's not the kind of thing where you just email anyone and then they like they re- definitely yeah. reply well, you right so so what actually happened was I was two years in and single SIE and a lot of big companies they have rotations for their admin officers yeah. like, right uh the people on the track the management track so I was two years in and I could foresee myself going to some other aspect of the company that I wasn't super excited about. Mm. Uh, and then I read in the news that they were starting this new low-cost carrier. Yeah. And I was like, hey, fuck, big company starting a new project, confirm need Saikang Warriors. Confirm need Saikang Warriors. Even to do like the most mindless stuff. So then um, I I used to write the minutes for one meeting where the yeah. chairman was the CEO of SIA. Yeah. Um, so one night at about 4 a.m., I think I just emailed him saying, uh, hi, sir, uh, I recently saw this article that SI is launching a new cost, new low-cost carrier yeah. and I found it really exciting and I wanted to know if there's any way I could be part of it. Yeah. And at 8.16 a.m., he replied my email saying, oh, thanks for your email, Harish. I forwarded your CEO, your, your letter to the CEO, Desinate. <laughs> and then later that morning, I get an email from Mr. Campbell Wilson yeah. saying, oh, uh, uh, how about you come see me in my office uh, at, at, at in the afternoon? Uh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I went and that started the whole conversation of like me being uh joining the team so there were eight department heads and i joined as a ninth person and literally i was setting up the wi-fi setting up mm. printer setting up facebook but 
it was cool because I joined before the airline had started and to see something go from an idea to an actual airline blew my fucking mind. It was almost like a startup. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I think that was, and then with social media and then I realized, oh shit, this is how you build something and that really changed my perspective on what I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, so I think I've also had like some limited interactions with him mm. and I, because I did some work with Scoot at the point also yeah. and I think I was quite uh, like, wow, like this guy, he was totally game to be, you know, to appear to to be very spontaneous for mm. videos and all these things as well, which was very you don't hear of CEOs in Singapore doing that, yeah, lot, right? Yeah. So that, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh. And I think that's one thing they don't teach you in school, right? Like your first few jobs is is less about the work you do or the job you do, it's more about your boss. Yes, it's more about right. the people you report yeah. to, your manager, because they fucking shape shape everything about you. And like uh yeah, they're just some people who in the presence of also, you know, oh shit. Uh, there's a lot I can learn from this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so shout out to you, Campbell. Frankie intern is the most embarrassing moment you can remember of each other. Mm. Huh. (laughs) I mean, like, the reason why we are taking a bit of time to think is because we made it a point to not see the questions before we recorded this. Yeah. Just so we don't... It's not too polished. Most embarrassing. uh, I think the one I felt... uh, the one I I think the one I, I remember there was once when you were um made to or as part of a gig you stayed in a haunted house overnight. Oh. So, was it overnight? It was overnight, right? Twelve hours. Twelve hours watching TV and then you would get like and yeah, basically they would like come and like scare you and all that, right? Mm. And I was watching it. I mean I, I knew of the gig and everything. I was in I was in touch with, with the people who were behind it all. Um, and it was for a network that doesn't even exist anymore now. And um, I think, I just remember just watching you at, from home. La. And then I saw that you were being made to like put lipstick on. <laughs> you were in your underwear or something, like boxers or something. I wore boxes over my pants. Yeah, and then you had lipstick on and you were just sitting there. And like, I don't know whether you were really enjoying yourself or what. La, but it just looked like this is the, you know, this is what he left. He left the corporate world to do this la. and then I remember just being with my wife or girlfriend at that time and then we were just watching it like feeling a bit sad la. oh <laughs> really <laughs> yeah as opposed to like this is so oh, funny it was you funny at first told me. it was funny at first la, when you know we're like hey Arash is doing this live stream then after like six hours <laughs> in then I see you like literally sitting there with makeup and like or oh, it's not even makeup lipstick like drawn over because your face because it was 8pm to 8am I think yeah, yeah and the, so, so I always felt like hey that's like Scaring you is one thing, but but humiliating you was another, which I didn't mm. feel very good about. Yeah. Oh. And that's oh. one that's something we always talk about in our production, also, right? Like yeah. you can if it's meant for a joke, right? Yeah, it's, it's fine to the person make him look ugly and then it's meant for a joke. But that 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 you know, the culture of humiliating someone, especially like in the hazing kind of way, right? I always feel like what is that really funny or is it really necessary? You know, mm, mm. and I always feel very a bit uncomfortable when I see situations like that. And that was one. That was one I saw. Like, and and you, I knew you, you were just being a professional, just finishing your job mm. and everything. But, uh, but the fact that I wasn't there to give any kind of feedback, also, it made me feel very helpless watching you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, like You were the one probably commenting, "Hey, why don't make this guy put lipstick?" Because no, that no, was no, the no, thing no, engaging no. with the fans, right? No, not me, not me. It was definitely <laughs> wasn't me. It wasn't me. Oh yeah, that was in 20, 2017, maybe twenty eighteen. Like, yeah. Uh, most embarrassing moment. I think the one thing that that I remember as being super funny, which 
uh, I remembered because on Friday we gave a talk where the picture came oh, up. Yeah. You know which picture I'm talking about? Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. is, is when we were recording a music video that... Uh, oh, so many links to put in the description. Uh, um, uh, called Snapback. Called Snapback, yeah. yeah. So it was about the one thing that many guys who have gone through army would relate to is when you're outfield, you don't have access to water showers, you do a powder bath. Yeah. You, know, you take prickly heat, you... Oh, pull out your underwear. Yeah. You, as in, you pull out the band. You pour in the the, the powder, and then you snap, let go of the mm. band, and pop! It hits your stomach, yep. and you can almost see like a, and like the instructors would check whether you have powdered your groin by asking him to pull up. I mean, pull your underwear band and snap it back, like. Yeah. Right. So it causes a cloud of powder to to emanate from your from your nether regions. Um, and we did a video, a rap song about that, and there was this one scene where. I needed to pop two balloons that I was holding at my groin uh, that were filled with powder and we were just capturing a slow-mo shot of that like, with a fucking epic camera. So someone needed to pop the balloons from below mm. uh, which meant that person had to lie down on the ground and hold up two needles. Like. And like the trooper he is, Terrence said he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when he popped it, like it was a great shot, uh, you can see in the video. But the reality is, all the powder fell on Terence's <laughs> face, and because it was prickly heat, it it burned, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, because yeah. I remember you're like, oh, oh, come through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we got a picture of it that sums it up perfectly, like, I think yeah. it's on our IG account. And yeah, I was like, wow, okay, you know, this is what we got to do for comedy. But there's, I felt zero embarrassment from that because it mm. was part of a planned yeah, joke yeah. and um, I mean you watch Mark Rober you watch all these YouTubers do the experiments and a lot of worse shit they yeah. go through a lot of worse shit like, right but the one where you did the one it was like you felt bad I for felt me, bad because yeah. it was not you were not yeah. told that you were so, going to be wearing your boxes outside and stuff like that so right? I guess the good thing is there's no memory that comes to mind where I felt bad for you so either there <laughs> really isn't any memory or I don't give a fuck la. or I've avoided I've avoided putting myself in those situations <laughs> thankfully I'm like uh, I think Harish is better for this yeah, you gotta put yourself out there man yeah, yeah. put yourself out there so so take it each either which way uh, okay, the next question is, what's something valuable that you have lost and you're still searching for now? Wow. This is a deep question. My chin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. I mean, And I, are I, you still searching for it actively? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's literally in like the last three years, I think it just like, uh, it just disappeared, man. Your chin. And, and it's not even like, I'm not trying, you know, during circuit breaker, I exercise a lot, everything, but just didn't, 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 work, didn't work out. La. Mm, mm, mm. I, I guess it comes with age, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, something that I've lost and searching for now. Searching for now. Wow. Hmm. I guess it's good that no, again, no answer comes straight to my mind. But I know last year at some point when the pandemic hit the industry and we had that other issue with that... Uh, yeah. One big issue that we can't really talk about now. Yeah, I felt like I lost a bit of like direction. Um, You're and still searching for it now. Yeah, still searching for it now. Well, now That's in terms true. of like, I mean, we like as as much as we love what we do and all that. Yeah, we it's it's still not an easy industry. Uh, it's still you never know what what the future holds. Yeah. And yeah, just just going down that that path Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I think the it brings up that that. Fantastic monologue that ends uh, Woody Allen's Annie Hall movie. Mm. He says a guy goes to a doctor saying, hey, doctor, doctor, I have a problem. Like, what? My brother thinks he's a chicken. Mm. And, and then he says, uh, okay, then one of the doctors is like, why don't you just bring him in then? 
This is, but but I still need the eggs, you know. Mm. The, so so that's the thing he says about is about life la. Life is like, it's it's not so much about the yeah everyone's crazy in some way yeah. It's not so much about the the end goal or the end destination you reach, but it's about the the process of searching for it. That that's where that's where you find joy la, You know. Mm, mm. Yeah. So 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 everyone seems crazy to everyone la, but yeah. for for doing what you do, but that's why it's it's exciting. It's an exciting journey. Yeah. Cool. All right. The next question. One Singapore dish you can eat exclusively for the rest of your entire life. Chicken One rice. Singapore dish. Yeah, chicken rice, I think. I think for me, it would be prawn mee. The soup one. Okay. Yeah, prawn mee soup. For any particular store? Um, Last time, I remember eating the Whitley Road prawn mee at Circular Road and it blew my mind. But the second time I went back, it wasn't that good. Now I think the Blanco caught prawn me at Beach Road is quite nice. Wait, how about the the one not too far from here? The, the Chaipeng Magic. Eh? No, the circuit, circuit Road, right? Uh. The prawn me, if you go there at night. No, I think I ate once with you. Right? Yeah. I thought it was okay. Like. Oh, I thought it was okay. okay, yeah, okay. No, I think the one you must have dry. Yes, the correct. Dry, yeah. dry. I prefer soup. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Tsume. Uh, her yeah. mother's store is uh, it's still really good. Like. And it only opens after 8 p.m. Mm, at Circuit mm. Road. Because they're dead baller. And there's always a line every night. She... And the, the lady there, she works six out of seven days a week. Mm. Yeah, like eight to three a.m. every night. Wow. And she does wow. it because no, not because like she 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 absolutely needs to feed the family because the kids are all university and, and all that. She just does it because she loves it. Yeah. Oh, Lamar. Does yeah. it because she loves it. Yeah. That's great. Okay, and uh the most important and final question from Cranky Eden is is it omelette or omelette? Omelette or omelette? I think we know the answer to that question, lah, okay? <laughs> So, uh, and we have debated this multiple times. I will still stand by omelette. And Terence, your answer is? No, no answer. Yeah. No answer? As in, it's, it's for you to answer. Fuck it's you lah. You. you think you're, you see, you're getting off, get off your high horse lah. Omelette, omelette. Omelette, okay. We, sh- we shall never know the true answer to that question. <laughs> there is no debate. Never know. All right, moving on. Thank you, Cranky Intern. Um, next one is Intelligent Eyes. Uh, oh, wait. Intelligent Eyes was just responding to that. Ha, huh, love the is it omelette or omelette question. All right. Team Omelette. Don't know what it pronounced, but Team Omelette. Team, okay. Uh, yes, then the next one from Raven Warriors. Some stuff I'm interested to know about MOF. History. Wow, a lot of questions. Huh? Okay. Uh, how and when did MOF form? Who started the idea? I it think we covered, it. Yeah, we covered it. Yeah. Will you still go into this line of bloomer influencer individually if MOF didn't start? Um, I don't know. I think I was veering towards content creation or some sort. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think I would have found my way towards media in some way, shape or form. But whether I'm a personality or that sort of thing, I don't know. I think for me, probably not. I mean, I don't even consider myself like influencer right now. Mm, either. Mm. I still stand by more content creator than anything or even filmmaker or whatever. But But the truth is, I've always felt like I'm a little too old for the industry. Mm. Regardless whether when we started, mm. when we were 30 and we were first hanging out with Sugar Shea at 21, making vi- mm. pickup videos, or even now, like, you know, when you're doing, uh, yeah, like, we just did our first stand-up and all that. Yeah, this- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the fucking first oldest stand-up. dude there again. Fucking first stand-up, yeah. yeah. So I always, I've always felt like I'm a bit older. But, but again, that maybe that's what drives us to, to prove to prove ourselves mm. wrong also, like, right? Mm. So it's hard to say, but the like the more like the more likelihood is that because if I had to do it alone, 
I would I would probably just find some excuse to not do it, like, you know. Mm. But it's because I see Harish or oh, he's plunging to it. I just mm. just wait, like, just wait, like, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. You know, I've seen Harish, he's he's dancing his underwear. That is true. In, uh, or not, not underwear in spandex, like uh, as a gymnast in the middle of mm. Sota and stuff like that before. Mm. So what's the worst that could happen? He didn't go to jail, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. So ever thought of giving up? How did your family and friends react to your career path? Ooh. Well, that's a loaded one. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Of course. There are doubts about it. There are always doubts Especially about last it. year. Last year was tough, right? Last, last year was tough. tough. Uh, you want to tackle the family question? I mean, family and friends, I would say... I mean, friends have uh, always been very supportive, most of them. Um, and some have been fucking supportive. Like, it's just unbelievable how supportive they are to the point where I feel like, why are they supporting me so much? Um, so to, to, to those of you who are listening, I know some of you listen to this podcast also, so thank you so much. Family, I think... I think they, they're still... I think it's one of those things that they might never understand. Mm. Um... But they've also never stopped me. Mm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and it always makes me feel better when I hear from people like even M. Night Shyamalan, Kumal Nanjiani, uh, people from the Indian culture who have entered media who say even at this age now, yeah. they still, their, their parents still say stuff like, oh, you know, well, maybe one day you'll get a break. Yeah. You'll catch your break, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I think that's part of being in an industry that is not as, not as almost quantifiable as a standard corporate job. Like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's why the earlier question I put the parameter. You don't, you cannot talk about family. You talk about being grateful because, for me, my parents, yeah, they probably don't understand the industry, but they've never stood in my way of of doing it. And I think that that uh, talks a lot to the their style of uh, bringing me up or be me and my brother up, lah. Mm. They they wanted us to. I mean, at the end of the day, they know it's about our own happiness and mm. and it's when when I sit down and explain to them, you know, if I if I continue doing this. So if I continue doing something I don't like, I'll never be good at it. I'll never be happy and all that. And mm. they, after that, they, they, I mean, they ask me questions, obviously, but they never come from a place of like, um, be, you, belittling yeah. your, your thing. In fact, in fact, they've, they probably like always wonder how they can help me, mm. you know, as opposed to, as opposed to like how they can persuade me to stop doing it or something mm. like that. Mm. And for that, I think, uh, as much as I always say, oh, you know, yeah, that generation, uh, I think I'm quite I'm quite lucky that way, lah. Yeah, mm. and and I think I don't know about you, but it also helped my case the fact that I start I still worked in a corporate job for four mm, years. Okay. So it's not like I just came out from school and I was like, you know what, I want to do this. I worked in a corporate job, uh, and I did like I did my due diligence. I had savings, but I also realized like, okay, I've done it. You know, I gave it a shot. Mm, and I found mm. this one thing that I think has a lot more potential. If it was, mm. I can imagine if I didn't even go to want to go to school uh, and all that, then I would I would face a lot more uh, resistance, lah. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, finance. Just because we are in Singapore and the cost of living is so damn high, are you able to sustain your lifestyle with the money from MOF? Or I think we talked about the money side of things. The yeah. Last one already, yeah, but so. not as pointed as this question. La. I mean, the fact is that we are doing this, yeah, we can sustain ourselves. Yeah. Um, can we buy Lamborghinis and all that? Not no, yet. Not yet. But, um, I mean, ultimately, if you're, I think anyone who wants to pursue a path that is a little more risky, a little more volatile, you are going to have to make sacrifices. Uh, and both of us have, have made sacrifices in different ways. So, so yeah, you just need to find your balance. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we'll say about that. Yeah. Are there times when you need to take up a part-time job or staff due to lack of creative work? Hmm. 
I mean, if you if you're talking about freelancing, like your acting and all yeah. that, uh, it's not because you lack creative work. It's just that when there's an opportunity that comes up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why like not say need to take a part time job. Um, I mean, thankfully, while there have been tough times in the past, yeah, like we have been able to come out of the tougher times and all that. Um, so yeah, part time jobs is not yeah take, not taking up because we need to. Uh, I do want to act. Um, mm. and like starved due to lack of creative work. No lah, thankfully no. No, la. yeah, I would say it's it's been a no lah. Yeah, yeah we've, no. we've we've managed to dig and find our way out of 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 you know tough spots here and there la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys split the profit equally, or is it based on roles like director, scriptwriter versus actor? What well, I want it's tough to answer because it's so different. Uh, in many ways. Yeah. Um, but but yeah la, I, I think like saying this in a way also I think might be might. Oversimplify things. Oversimplify things, correct. Yeah. yeah. So I think we I think it's it really depends on situation to situation. Yeah. So yeah, we'll 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 do a we'll do a KIV on this one. La. Yeah. One day when we have Lamborghinis and we'll come back and tell you the details. La. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And only because like I think sharing it might misrepresent or over yeah, oversimplify stuff. La. Yeah. Cool. Uh creative. Is there a clear split of roles in MOF? Um I mean, definitely, Harish is is you, 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 if being in front of camera, Harish is the one mainly in front of camera, right? Mm. Um, yeah. Then, then uh, behind is uh, then a bit bit more dependent on other aspects, lah. Yeah, yeah. Like who whose idea was it, or who feels more for it, or you know, or even if, if Harish is acting, then there's a there's a lot of time. The reason why we I I direct also because uh it's tough to do so many roles at mm. the same time. Um and and but and even producing also sometimes it depends like like for, for the you know I think Harish was more intimately involved with the Vasantam pilot mm. and I was more involved with the the Mandarin web series we're doing mm. yeah so it all depends on on the circumstance and the time la. yeah but I think also like certain things are a bit clearer like mm. like let's say if we are on set working on the same project. Mm. The I would say Terence like oversees the the technical crew, the production stuff more than I do. Mm, mm. Uh, only because I'm not as familiar with it as as he is. Mm. Um, and when it comes to like the cast, interacting with the cast, you know, because I come, I I have a bit more experience there in acting. Mm. I would tend to like focus on that mm. So so yeah, broadly that that sometimes how is a bit more clear. But apart from that, like when we write when we wrote our TV series. Uh, she's a terrorist and I love her. We literally split the episodes between uh, yeah. me and Terrence and, and one more writer who helped us out with one episode. Editing, same thing, split. So there's a lot of overlap. La. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ever had creative differences? Who has the final say? Oh, every day. La. Yeah, every day. <laughs> Even, yeah, like... like every fucking day. <laughs> yeah, <like>. every day. <laughs> final so say. It's... it's I I don't think there's there's a final like there's always one person yeah. who has a final say. Like I think our mantra is if you can't explain it to the other person and convince them, mm. then you're not gonna get your your say la. Yeah. Right. So I mean we are we we can go in more. We do have a method to the madness, mm. which of, I think we covered in the previous. We talked about yeah. the previous one. So, in the sense of a final say, there actually is a method to this this kind of madness la. And mm. you should. If you haven't listened to the first one, you should yeah check it out. Yeah, and I mean we never do stuff like okay, I I think we should do it this way because I feel it's better. Yeah. Uh, if you can't explain it, if you can't articulate it, then it's a moot point lah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep, cool. Okay, next one. I saw that Harish has a few acting roles in movies and short films. Terence, what other projects out of MOF do you have? I mean, generally, I, I also do some corporate work. Lah. Mm. Like, you know, with helping ad agencies and, and with the various things, videos and things like that. Um, so, it's a... Uh, but thankfully, MOF is actually a a much bigger chunk of my time than than a lot of than a lot of other things really like because once you're once you're once you go into space of long form long form producing and all that right that means the tv shows and and all that's like you're talking about a year-long commitment usually to get one show out like. so 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 that almost becomes like your full-time job by itself really mm-hmm Okay, final question from Raven Warriors. Are you worried that Harish will become a big-time Hollywood actor and ditch MOF in the future, Terrence? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Huh? Is, is, that, is, that a, uh, is that a possibility right now? Or, or, hey, uh, hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey. No, but, but the, the thought always is that, I mean, it'd be fantastic if, if uh, Harish gets noticed and then, you know, is in a Marvel movie or something like that, all right? Mm. Because I think the the understanding that we've, if anything we've learned over the past few years is that you can have one big break and star in a HBO show and all that. Mm. And then the following day, you're like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck am I doing with my life again? Like, right? Yeah. So so don't ever, yeah, don't ever take this whole like, oh, I'm a big star now thing for granted and, and, and all. And I think in that sense, like, um, I, 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 I think the process of creating is still, is still very strong in both of us. Mm. So regardless of whatever successes you know you get out there i think we, we there's always a fundamental wanting to come back to the roots of what we do as uh that, that's what what grounds us lah. well you got a lot of faith in me eh? you don't think i'll just be like yo fucking henry golding yeah no if, if it's so i think after the hbo show already you would have like you know i'm, I'm an actor now you know i mean i literally <laughs> saw harish in a pink in a pink buff robe walking around the set with a someone carrying an umbrella to make sure that he didn't get a tan or anything mm-hmm. and following him around. And I was like, what a fucking dickhead. And then I was like shooting <laughs> BTS. I was helping to shoot BTS because we agreed to do that for our channel. Yeah. And we were all like, wow, this is like, such a dickhead thing. <laughs> and I think I, told, I think I told you about it also, right? Yeah, you yeah, told yeah. me, you told and, me. And, and, uh, but, but that one also, like, to, if, if I wasn't an actor and I saw an actor on set walking around with someone following him with an umbrella, I'd be like, yeah, what a fucking dickhead. But there is an admin logistical reason. It's because if the actor sweats, the makeup artist is going to have a fucking problem. Yeah. And then the makeup will run and it won't be consistent across scenes. So that's where I'm like, Terrence, shut the fuck up. Okay, there's a practical <laughs> practical use for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I would say, like, let's say if I do become a big-time Hollywood actor or something, I I think the one thing I've also realized is that what I enjoy more is creating stuff that 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 either I can act in or that can bring actors in. So if I were to become a big time Hollywood actor, that would be fucking dope. But I would want to produce stuff uh alongside that. Like yeah, of course if I'm a big time Hollywood actor, that opens doors for other projects that then Terrence and I can work on. Um, and build something like, and that's what you see people like Brad Pitt do. Mm. They all make like even Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He has his seven box productions, right? And I think that is something that I think is is a good way to go because if you're just focused on acting, wow, oh, that you can go down that path if you're like a Leonardo DiCaprio or something. Even he's moving into producing, right? yeah. he's done documentaries yeah. and all that. Yeah. So I think part of it is out of interest, but part of it is also you want to be able to create projects that are bigger than yourself, so that if yeah. you're not part of it, you still have something. Yeah, 
and work with people that you you don't also share the same kind of uh, ethics, work yeah. ethic, work yeah. ethos, ethics, and because it's it's really hard to find uh, people that you can click with on, yeah, on yeah. various levels, yeah. And one thing I also want to shout out to ourselves is that we, Harish was talking about getting other actors in. I, I just noticed this the other day is that like someone like Noah Yap, right? For example, you know, it started with like uh, I can't remember what's the first video we did together at all. The litter, uh, littering prank. Ah, uh, littering prank. Yeah, and it just starts from this. In the show notes. <laughs> like, it starts from this stupid littering prank video. And then after that, it's like a wrestling thing. And then we're like, hey, actually, we get along well and all that. And then, you know, he's like starring in our English, first English TV show. And then subsequently, we we do a Mandarin web series. And, and although he, he's not fully conversant in Mandarin, he's there on the right with us also. Mm. So it's like... And so, our, yeah, it's almost like you grew up with this person creatively, yeah. and and our audio pilot yeah. also. He's, oh yeah, he's, he's acting alongside me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just cool that you know, as we've grown as well, we managed to yeah. work with people that we like and 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 bring them with us along this journey. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's why when I used to look at like directors like Quentin Tarantino, always working with Christopher Waltz or Samuel L. Jackson, I'm like, huh, really? No, no choice. But there's something very magical about about people that you have worked with that you really click that you bring along with you. La. In my yeah. mind, it's almost like we've been in this long-form game uh, for, the pa- for the past few years and slowly, in my mind, I'm building up like this Avengers team of mm. creative talent la, yeah, and, yeah, pro- and production talent. So if we do get a budget to make our first feature film, I already know off the top of my head who are the people I want to work with yeah. and bring them on. La, because it's fucking magical when you create good stuff with good people. And what's the number one rule about these people don't be an asshole don't be an asshole yeah okay. don't be an asshole and if we can't see ourselves hanging out with you outside the set yeah then sorry you're not gonna be on the set <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. cool okay so that's the last question oh they, they call me king responded to that just want to add if it's just both of you running mof now i remember you guys mentioned that there were more employees in the past um yes there were more employees in the past and yes right now at the core of it Terrence and I are the main people running MOF, but because we work on a lot of projects, long-form projects, uh, and all that, every project involves a different team that we assemble. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that was something that I think, thankfully, we have been in the industry long enough to know people like that. Mm. So uh, it, it it allows us to stay flexible and deal with shit like the pandemic. Yep. Yep. That's right. Cool. Okay. Another another longer post from Intelligent Eyes. Uh, amazing thread excited for the amma episode um community posted some awesome questions curious one too especially the monetization of the podcast question i feel it's sad that we always equate the value of effort to dollars and cents Mm. um but i think we have addressed it a couple of times already uh here are two more questions how long does it take for each of you to prep searching for a topic finding opposing talking points etc for one yalabad episode do you guys have any help at the moment i.e an automated news feeder and intern a freelancer Mm-mm-mm. I mean, we are usually about a day or something like that. Mm, about yeah. a day. Um, I mean, I think both of us have our own system of finding news. Like, I have a bunch yeah. of bookmarks and like um, notes and tabs, spreadsheets and tabs. tabs um, and, and I think because we make a conscious effort to consistently read and consume content on our own, uh, like yeah. like just watching news sources or reading articles that I wouldn't read normally. So, so yeah, and we don't have any automated, I mean, automated news feeder in the sense like Google Trends and all. Mm. Um, and intern, uh, freelancer, uh, no freelancers for the podcast. Intern, I know some some people have sent in internship requests mm. um, and we are considering, 
So if you are interested, just just send it in uh, via IG or something. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And then also notice that recently Harish said he moved out. Are you living alone or you went down the BTO already route with your girlfriend? What are your thoughts on moving out in the later stage of adulthood and not in your twenties? Just curious. Thanks, guys. So I have moved out. Um, I am living with my girlfriend. Uh, it's not a BTO and. Like, um, even though I moved out now, I actually moved out way earlier, uh, in 2012. Uh, and I think moving out now is a lot more common than what it seemed because in 2012, I was like 27, 28. And when I was going to move out with a friend and a couple of other friends, I can't, I don't know anyone else my age who was also moving out. Mm. So I think it was a bit rare at that point in time, which made me feel like a badass rebel. Um, and it was great. I, I moved in with people who have become my best friends. But the year later, I actually moved back home because my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. So um, I, w- I will say that, of course, I would have loved to live out away from home because, yeah, you know, there's a certain sense of freedom, you know. But it was during that time that I realized, oh, okay, um, life life happens. Lah. You just got to adapt. And I can't hold on to this desire of, like, living alone and bringing back, you know, like, dates and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so... Then I was living at home with my mom because uh, it was just her for the past few years and then I moved out now. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, because my brother came back. Mm. Yeah, so thoughts about moving out in a later stage of adulthood and not in your 20s. I mean, I think living alone is a great experience if you can. Mm. If you're not just like sacrificing a bunch of other stuff just to pay rent. If you can, I always recommend it. Mm. As early as possible, actually. Because, yeah, rent is so expensive in Singapore. Yeah. It almost makes uh, little to no economic sense. La. Yeah. But if it's for your sanity and stuff like that, then, yeah, you can't put a price on that. La, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, yeah, you spend more on rent, but if you cut down other things, if, if you're just starting out work-wise and income is not the most disposable, mm. um, uh, disposal most dis- more, you have less income you're, not, you're less yeah. disposal less yeah. disposal yeah so yeah um, okay DJ D on Raj asks I'm a big fan of your podcast and I love the episode you did with Rishi especially the part when you all talked about your NS stories I would love to hear more about your NS journey I'm enlisting next month he put this comment about a month ago <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not too late I mean hear more about NS journey yeah. I went to BMT then OCS then Commission as infantry officer went to an armored unit, and that was that. I think we have spoken about it before. Also, we right? have. Like, I went to yeah. I was a guards uh, spec. I mean, I went to yeah. So back back then it was called suspect BMT mm. suspect guards spec. And uh, I mean, my, my the the one fun fact is that my battalion was the one guards battalion to uh, to ever beat uh, the commandos in recent memory for best best mm. combat unit overall. Mm. Um and you really look up the histories. We commando all the way. Then there's one blip in 2002 or 2003. I can't remember where uh, guards battalion won, and it was my battalion. Mm. That's why uh I was one of those rewarded to to go to Hawaii and train with the U.S. Marines. Uh, hmm. Like our, our company in particular. Yeah. Went to Hawaii to train alongside the Marines. Fucking NS trip go Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since so, when you hear that, yeah. No, it's only for the elite soldiers. La, the best oh, yeah, of the yeah, best. Of course, la, you of know? course. The ones that you send in first of for war. Of course, la. yes, yes. Of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, that was my... I mean, wow, NS is such a long thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say the one thing I realized is that NS... I, I think we've also said this on the podcast and it's common advice you hear is that you either if you if you want to go all out, don't be 
afraid of going all out because you'll be judged and all. There's still a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn about yourself. Mm. Um, just, just, yeah, don't look at it as, oh, it's two years waste. I'm just going to waste it away. Just try and make the best of it. La. As cliche as it sounds. Was that what we said? No, I think what we said was that either you yeah, go all out and then you become officer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or you go all out and just don't do anything and, and try to be get office job and all that, la, right? Yeah. That's what we say. Yeah. yeah. So mine was more towards the first one. La. Yours was the being very positive about it. Very la. positive, was, yeah. <laughs> mine is the so more I guess don't waste that two years. If you want to yeah. go either way, like you want to go office job and all, then you have time after work and all. Correct, correct. Uh, yeah. There's still a lot that you can do. Yeah, go and upskill, go and DJ, go and do something. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're saying. We're not yeah. saying just be a bum for two years. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. be a bum. We're saying is, yeah, because for some people, regimentation and all that, it's for them, right? Mm. They enjoy it and, mm. and they enjoy hierarchy and all this. Whereas for some, it's just really not in their blood. And um, for those for those who, who, who is not in the blood, then yeah, you got to use the time to go and do other things. Uh, go volunteer, go go study, go and whatever. Lo. Go and date. Yeah, go and date. Yeah. yeah. If you can, go and date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're horny as fuck. Yeah, yeah. If you can book out and you're horny as fuck, go and date. Uh, Born, yeah. Book out and horny as fuck, yeah. yeah. Okay, next one from Tomato Cultivator. What are your credit card numbers, expiry date, and the three-digit number at the back of the cards? Nice one. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. From Mighty Jingy. Uh, five questions. First, what would you consider your best favorite purchase in the past one year? Somewhat a one-shot thing. Hmm. Um, you want to go ahead first? I can't. I can't try to think. Mm, I would say a backpack that I that I that I got from Decathlon, like a work backpack. Mm. Um, because I think for me, I've always wanted like a nice. If I'm gonna go be going to work, I want a backpack that is that fits well, that does the does the job of carrying the laptop and a bunch of other stuff and still looks cool. And I got it from Decathlon, which is a place I never thought I'd get a work backpack from. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I, I like I like that. Um, oh, shit, man. I I don't... I think in... I mean, I, I, I constantly buy shit, but I'm not that in love with it that I would remember it as the best thing I bought in the last year. La. Mm. Yeah. So you're a hoarder. I mean, I have a lot of... I have a lot of shit lah. Okay, I guess I guess if anything, maybe services wise, mm. I think getting sleep training for my for my kid was a very a very wise decision. That was recommended by Harish actually. Mm. Uh, getting a sleep trainer to work with for for my child, and so my child actually has very regular naps and and sleep now, mm. and that also gives me back a bit of my life. Mm. Even though, yeah, even though he's he's still he's still a toddler, la, still mm. an infant, la, yeah. And if you might be wondering how a single person like Harish gave Terence advice on getting a baby sleep trainer, it wasn't my my I chanced upon it because my friend told me about him getting a sleep trainer for his mm. kid that changed his life, la. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that you were using it on like your mother or anything like that. No, <laughs> no, 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 man, no. Um, okay, number two, if MediaCorp offered you both to host a radio show, would you take it? That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, would you? I would say if we can do it on our own terms, if we don't need to have a lot of editorial censorship about the one we want to talk about, mm. um, yeah, I would consider it. But that's unrealistic, lah, right? That's that, yeah. So so that's why if 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 it's just to take over a current show, no. Yeah. So to you it doesn't it doesn't there's zero appeal in like, oh, and this is the you know, this song coming out is by Katy Perry and blah blah blah. No. I mean, I think like objectively, I still think it'll be an interesting job. Mm. Um, 
because yeah, like there's a certain niceness to to stuff that is current. You put it out, you immediately get distribution. People hear you, but to know that oh shit, we can do this on our own and build something of our own, have a direct engagement with our fans. Why the fuck do I do that? I mean, I, I think about it because, yeah, like when you were younger and then, you know, you're studying late into the night or something mm. like that. A lot of times, the only person accompanying you was Glenong, you know, the mm. say it with music, 12 to 2 mm. a.m. kind of thing. Mm. And it's a very nice, I mean, it's a, it's a very, in fact, our podcast is a very nice throwback to mm. to that that era of like, you know, podcast. I mean, of course, of radio shows and mm. things like that. Now radio is a totally different entity. Mm. La. So, yeah, maybe if, if there was some, something like that where it was it felt much more conversational felt more more like you know a radio host that accompanies you through the night kind of thing mm. that that interests me a bit more mm. yeah even if there was a bit more censorship and all and you couldn't say because things. if it's about the music and then just about talking about what happened during the day or something like that I feel like there is a way to do it without having to step on people's toes or mm. use vulgarities and still be engaging and, and still be still say something interesting uh. You know, mm. I think radio back then was a lot more. It had more of that, and now mm. it feels much more manufactured, much more about you know, like yeah, how many radio dollars and stuff like that, lah. So maybe the next question should be: If Terence becomes a big media corp star, would he ditch <laughs> MOF, media corp radio star? Radios don't become radio DJs don't become big stars unless you're Howard Stern, or Sonia Chu. Sonia ah, Sonia Chu, Chu Sonia Chu. <laughs> but but then after that, don't go don't go and appear at people's house during circuit breaker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> While posting that you, everyone should wear their mask and play a part. Yeah, yeah. For, just yeah. kidding, just kidding. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. She also owned up to a mistake. Mm. So, so, so it's okay. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay, number three. Did you guys speak interact with Narelle after she came on the show, and how was it? Ah, <laughs> uh, actually, we haven't. Um. I think after the show release, I told her, oh, you know, blah, blah, thanks for coming and all yeah. that. But apart from that, I think also because, yeah, the circuit, I mean, the phase one was still there. The, I haven't yeah. met her on set anywhere. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we don't necessarily, yeah, we don't necessarily like constantly keep a line of contact with people that we have on our podcast or mm-hmm. or even work with uh, for that matter. Yeah. But, but um. But I mean, even serendipitous meetings, like we met her brother, Ben King, uh, at yeah. the Asian Creative yeah, Academy yeah, yeah. Awards. Yeah. Um. So it's always nice to see to see other people on in the industry. But yeah, we haven't met her. Yeah, we haven't met her. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But we would gladly say hi. La. Yeah. I mean, if she I'm wants not... to come on the podcast, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sure. Okay, would you guys ever consider emigrating permanently? Mm, I think since COVID, I, that, has, that thought has much more seriously crossed my mind quite mm. a few times. Um, and also having a kid and all. I think mm. uh, it's not just, I mean, because life is more than just about like, which is the safest place to be. At the end of the day, you know, a lot of us, in, you know, we, we feel quite like uh, restricted mm. in not being able to travel, right? And and there's a reason why, right? Mm. Uh, and then I do enjoy nature a lot and I have not had seen as much nature as before. Like, last time we used to go diving or go overseas trips or hiking, uh, of course, you can say, yeah, this is all privileged people do. But, but my hope is that if you can't do it in a city, then you can at least go to the back country to do it. Mm. But in Singapore, we don't really have that luxury, you see. Mm. So, so the, and, and yeah, that thought definitely has, has has come more to the forefront of my mind. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah in the past year, yeah. Mm. Uh, for me, I would consider it. Uh, I wouldn't say a blanket no. Uh, yeah, I would consider it. Yeah. yeah. Because work-wise also, I mean... 
you we're talking about producing all that. I mean, the last year we've been doing a lot of things remotely mm. also. Mm. So it's not complete impossibility mm. if you talk about spending a lot of time in one country versus another and things like that. Yeah. I mean, my dream would, would be, I mean, if it's like based in Singapore but doing projects outside, that would be fucking yeah, dope. That would uh. be the best. Like, like right? oh, oh, you know, we're going to Morocco to film uh, our second feature film and I'll yeah. be there for three months. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. would be fucking dope. Yeah, and then, I guess that's the good thing about our, our industry. Sometimes you don't know yeah. where it takes you, right? Sometimes. Yeah. All right, number five. Do you guys have any rules on the podcast? Can't talk about certain things. Um, uh, no. Yeah, we 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 quite open about if we yeah. don't want to talk about it or so, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I, we really do not have a rule, and I'm not just saying this. We don't have a rule. When we have guests, we do ask them. Okay, is there anything you don't want us to talk about? Mm. And if they say their son or something, yeah, sure. But that's why we are so confident in being able to not edit the podcast and cut out stuff like, because there are no rules. Yeah, correct. No rules. All right. Uh, Jungle Jimbo 88, long-time listener. Um, your time at Wharton. Oh, I think they were just responding to mm. uh, us talking about our time at uh, Wharton School of Business. Okay. Okay, Jungle Jimbo. Straight answer, please. Who is your vote for preferred candidate at Singapore's next PM? Halama. Ah, mm. uh, wow, that one tough, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't even have a straight answer because I don't know enough about the other candidates as well. And I haven't seen enough. Lah. Yeah, and, and um before we, you know, say anyone is did, did uh, anyone did a particularly good job in handling COVID nineteen, mm. we're in the throes of uh, uh, another wave in Singapore. Potential wave, lah, potential, potential wave, wave in Singapore. So we can't really assess and say that anyone in particular has done a magnificent job. Uh. Mm. Yeah, so I, I like like them, they they themselves are having trouble finding a front runner. So I really struggle to 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 say one is better than the other. Mm. La. Yeah. And like Ongi Kung, he's just taking over as Minister of Health and boom, yeah. baptism of fire, boy. Baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. All right. Yeah. Um was there some trigger event that prompted you to give up your YouTube short comedy sketch MOF channel? So as we mentioned before, we haven't given up on it. It's just that the content needs to fit that format. Mm. And right now, thankfully, there are other projects of other formats that we are working on right now. Yeah. Anything? No. Okay. Uh, What's the decision? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Last warning. Okay. We just have a handful more questions. Mm. Um, Hi, both. Really enjoy the podcast. This is from last warning. Keeps my commute to and fro work a little less dull. Plus, with the mask on nowadays, I can smile and silently laugh at your jokes in public without looking weird. <laughs> my questions. What is one movie that inspires you and why? Um, for me, it's, I, I think, uh, Woody Allen's Annie Hall. Mm. It's a movie that I almost try to f- watch every year, at least once, mm. just to remind myself of how, how I started to really uh, enjoy this in the first place, lah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mine is "What We Do in the Shadows" by Taika Waititi. Um, <laughs> the okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. not it's, the series, like the movie. No, no, the movie. Okay. It's a it's like Taika Waititi. He was very famous in New Zealand, but not famous around the world. Uh, famous in his with his independent films. Then he made this comedy, which is almost like a mockumentary about these four vampires living in um a New Zealand city and dealing with everyday life, lah. And that kind of gave him quite a bit of traction in film festivals and all that. And then, boom, after that, he was the Marvel director mm. um, of Thor. Yes. Of Thor, right? Then he made the movie about Hitler, which is called what? Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, yeah. yeah. So he's like, I fucking, to me, he's like, 
the movie blew my mind because it's not a very high production movie. It was just a cool story that really embraced what it meant to be a New Zealander. Mm. Um, and to me, I was like, oh, fuck. If, why can't we do that in Singapore? You know, like, why can't we do a movie like that in Singapore that... If you think about it, even ghosts, he did with vampires. We have so many ghosts mm. uh, in, in pop culture in Singapore, but there's never been anything that has taken life in a way that is com- smart comedy. Yeah. So whenever I watch it, I'm like, fuck, man, this is so awesome and I love him. Yeah. Okay, cool. Next um, next question. Favorite hawker food and why? Oh, chicken, chicken rice. rice. Yeah, mine yeah. is prawn me. Um, yeah, mentioned why? That. I would say just because it feels like it's less unhealthy than other hawker food. And yeah. it's still nice. I don't know how unhealthy it is. Yeah. For me, chicken rice because yeah, it's just it's just like the, it's a spot, uh. It's just a unique flavor that I've never you never taste anywhere else. Uh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How did the what's up everybody intro come about? To be honest, it's pretty catchy and puts me <laughs> in a good mood. Wow, that's awesome. Actually, I don't even remember how we talked about introducing she did talk about it, yeah. No, it's just it's just the way you talk. It's just the this way, the way talk. I talk. Yeah. Right? And on YouTube, that was how we started our that's YouTube. How, yeah, like, that's What's how up, you talk everybody? on YouTube. Yeah. Even my friends make fun of me for that. But yeah. So when we started this, I, I honestly don't think we had a conversation before we recorded the first Yala but saying, okay, how yeah. are we going to start? I think it was just, What's up, everybody? I mean, I've always thought it's like, wow, it's them, it's them boomer. Yeah, it's <laughs> them boomer. What's up, everybody? It's, fucking it's them boomer. boomer. But okay, I guess it makes someone happy, right? Yeah, it uh, does. No, but I think, you know, now there's this whole retro movement of things that were cool that are coming back, right? Yeah. And What's up is, is among those things. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much, last warning. Uh, favorite podcast episode and why? Oh, this is an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you. you. Uh, mine is the most recent one we did with Rishi. Because I remember after that podcast, I was like, fuck, I remember myself laughing so much. Uh, and it was fun. It, it entertained me. And we did talk about current affairs that were interesting as well. Mm, mm, I think... Uh, wow, my favorite podcast episode. Uh. Um, yeah, it definitely was with one of the the guests. I'm just trying to decide whether it was the one with Xiaxue or, or the one with um the the true love dot is guys la. Mm. Yeah. Just 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 because uh, okay then I I will go on a limb and say that it was talking the true love dot is. Because mm. I just felt like this is this was what we are talking about when we talk about wanting to challenge ourselves, you know, challenge our own beliefs. Mm. Because probably in our minds, I mean, I know in our minds we're like, you know, that oh, this true love dot is everything we've heard about them is terrible. And I watch the videos, I'm like, oh, you know, it's um, it's propaganda and all these things. Um, but yeah, to 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 have them on board, I was actually like quite nervous about mm. it initially, and I felt like, oh, this is gonna be quite a challenge to us in terms of like just engaging with them and 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 making sure that we we you know we we also push back certain on certain things la, but mm. also give them a, a a chance to explain themselves mm. and come to some kind of understanding as to where 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 they're at and what what we think as well mm, mm. Uh, and I believe that particular podcast started to spur a lot of more conversations within the Christian community as well mm. and they met up separately for uh, from what I heard from 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 them was that they also met up with separately. The free community church. Yeah, we, uh, they had lunch and everything. Yeah. And the trigger point was that podcast. Oh. So knowing that kind of context of what that podcast meant to a lot of people, 
and what it even meant to to me as a in my growth as a person as a podcaster so to speak mm. uh, I feel that that is my favorite podcaster oh yeah. well, very well thought out uh. very yeah, very yeah, mature yeah. no yeah mm. and and the fact that it, there were four people on the podcast mm-hmm. and Harish and I have have agreed between ourselves that actually usually like three is always easier than four mm, mm. but we will say okay let's just go forward with it and see what we can do so so mm. even like little things like that, that that really push you and challenge you and get you out of your comfort zone I think those those are the most memorable I see yeah. cool alright the final question mm. uh, which is from ZZ Way have you thought of monetizing the podcast by also posting the video version on YouTube you already have a good base of audience and can earn some nice nice video revenue from there so, um, just to correct you about making money from just YouTube ads, um, unless you get millions of views every day, uh, you're not going to be getting anything that is very substantial. Mm. Um, and we are going to be uploading Yalabad videos on YouTube, but it's not going to be on the MOF YouTube. Mm. Um, because we do still intend to put stuff up on the MOF YouTube channel at some point. Um, but we just want to make sure that, yeah, it's still stuff that our subscribers subscribe for. Yeah. Right. You, you get what you came for. You you came for pick-up videos. I want pick-up videos. I want to see Harish in a school uniform picking up young girls. Yeah, you don't want to listen to <laughs> two-hour conversations about... Uh, LGBT issues. LGBT issues, yeah. Oh, but also because we did upload our first round of podcasts back in 2018 on our YouTube channel and we realized, oh shit, it was kind of screwing up uh, the channel because our subscribers were like, "What the fuck? We didn't we didn't subscribe to this, and the view mm. count was was not the best, lah. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't compare to our previous videos, and then it affected. It could have, it may have affected our distribution, our search, our organic placement on YouTube, lah. Yeah, but if someone has a different opinion on this, yeah. please also tell us because yeah. we for us is really like, yeah, that's that's what we think about the current state of YouTube and everything, lah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the next uh, part of the question from Way or more a comment. Uh, oh no, a question. Yalabad got a lot of traction for multi-episode topics like elections and LGBT and Christianity. I got hooked on these episodes and gave me a lot of perspectives outside of our, our echo chamber. Ever thought of converting these materials to YouTube so that it reaches more audience like a compilation album? Um, I guess the one reason, one of the reasons why we are, we want to upload this on YouTube is because as the podcast industry kind of matures and more people get onto it, it's still a niche audience. La. And YouTube is a lot more accessible to a lot more people. And if people can share YouTube videos at a certain time code, it feels like it would reach a different audience. Mm. Um, and putting it up videos as well, uh, it, it does make it more searchable and more evergreen. Uh, so yes, we do want to put those kind of things up on YouTube. Yep. But retroactively, it will be tough like, because we didn't record videos of those conversations. But going forward, we want to, like, especially yep. for evergreen topics. Yep. Cool. cool that cool. is the last question, man. Yeah. Wow, so, this has been long. We don't need to do a one-shot comment because obviously, yeah, it's we've had a lot of comments already. Mm. So we'll do the one-shot thing segment. Regardless. Yes. So um, what is your one-shot thing? My one-shot thing is the announcement from Bo Burnham, mm. um, who's a... Also, I would say one of my heroes. He he went viral on YouTube like 10 years ago when he was 14 or something mm. uh, just by musical compositions, musical comedy songs that he made in his bedroom. Mm. Uh, and then 
At 16 or 17, he performed his first one-hour comedy special. And then he carried on doing one-hour specials. And then now, um, he even wrote and directed uh, Eighth Grade. He is getting more acting roles. But he just posted, I think, three days ago that he recorded a new special mm. with just him, no mm. crew, throughout the course of the pandemic. Like, oh, just shit. from his own house. Wow. And he's going to be releasing it soon. Like, and I wow. can't fucking wait. Like... He, this guy is a genius. Like, he's a comedic genius. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Self-recorded. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, my one shock thing is I, I just saw uh, John Woo's uh, old classic A Better Tomorrow mm. uh, on Netflix. Just uh, I was just browsing Netflix the other day and decided to watch an old show. And yeah, the one that does these old action action movies like these like, action directors from Hong Kong do. Mm. You know, this was pre-face-off and everything. Chow and Fat. So it was just, uh, there's something about it. Uh, there's heart. And then, yeah, you're seeing old Hong Kong and a young Chow Yun Fat and young Leslie Chung, all that mm. is pretty awesome. Uh. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just, you just want to understand how a lot of, uh, even like people like Quentin Tarantino, like we mentioned, all, you know, got inspired by these action directors from mm. Hong Kong. Mm. Yeah, you just need to look at these classics. Uh. I see. Yeah. All right. Cool. Are we at the end of the podcast? Yes, and in fact, we, we have a special announcement. If you've made it all this way mm. thus far, it, it's in relation to actually the live show that we're doing because we literally just got this awesome news that will benefit you. Mm. Um, and we are doing a giveaway of tickets. Yes. So so the show is going to be happening from 6th to 8th May at 8.15pm every night. And what we found out is that, okay, we can do a giveaway for uh, a ticket Probably. Uh Per day, per yep. show, yeah. Yep. So, so all you need to do is share this episode on Insta- Instagram stories and tag us, Ministry of Funny. Yeah. And within the next forty-eight hours, we will announce the winner. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, fifth May, um, for a ticket on either the sixth, the seventh, or the eighth of May, which is this Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Yep. Cool. That's your little treat for listening all the way to the yeah. end. Yeah. Good. 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 Cool. All right. Uh, That's all and talk to y'all soon.